absolutely understand what Baga is talking about. I empathize completely. A lot of our work is in bars and clubs, and it's a lot of nightlife, and that involves so much alcohol. Yeah, no, for me, it's complete abstinence. So you, don't, you will never have a drink again? No. Well, I would hope not. I've been called boring since I stopped drinking. It can't be nice being called boring because you haven't got a drink in yet. I don't think that I need to have a drink or be high to have fun. Totally agree with that. I sacrificed a lot. I left a 13-year relationship for my sobriety. One of the biggest things that I had to do was really change who I was around. I had to change where I went. You know, because a lot of things will trigger you. And I really only have friends who are sober alcoholics. There was no other choice but for me to leave what I knew as my life and as me because I wanted to live this new way of life. I can now identify my actual problems and deal with my shit without being drunk. And when I'm angry, I don't have to run to alcohol to numb it. I could sit here, evaluate, and take care of it. Mary, it sounds like the plot of Jujubee Runs a Marathon. Right? I, I would watch that yesterday. I would like that to be a series. Um, yes. Yeah, they can set it in Boston. You know, Boston's got a marathon. I Yeah, I've heard of the Boston Marathon. So it's a, it's, it's a clip of the week that isn't, I don't know, light. Uh, I feel like... Semifinals episodes that are the fifth semifinals, the episode right before the finale, they're always a little predictable or a little bit like, oh, come on, let's go for it. Even in sports, sometimes it's not always an exciting semifinal. And I, I feel like this episode needed these very big moments to kind of keep the momentum of the series going. You had, obviously, you had uh, Baga talking about her lifestyle change and then Jujubee and then it went into later into Mo Hart. And I just feel like these, these conversations are really, really important. Well, I think, you know, this, I agree. I think as we get to, I, I can't speak to sports semifinals unless we're talking about my days in the Gotham volleyball league, but um, those were pretty exciting uh, <laughs> being in the bottom all the time. But I, uh, I definitely feel like on drag race, you know, yeah, when we get to this point, not only is there that feeling of like, oh, come on, let's just get on with it. There's not much else to cover in the workroom, you know, and especially for a mm. longer season. It's like we've had so many social justice corners that it's like, oh, like we've eliminated all the conflict. We've talked about all of the, the social justice moments. What's left at this point other than like, why do you want to win? And so... <laughs> I think the benefit of this only being nine queens is that they could still have these big talks in the semifinal episode. You know what I mean? Like in an early, in another season with twice as many queens, we might have covered this a few episodes back, you know? Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, there is definitely that feeling. Uh, I, I mean, I was even maybe even more to that point was feeling like, why isn't this the final challenge given what the prize is? <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, my God. It was like that gif <laughs> of the woman looking at all the math, you know? Yes, it was, it was like, Brazilian math second. woman. Yeah. Yes. It's like, wait a second. Yeah. So they have to write a verse to a RuPaul song 
and perform it and dance it. Okay. Right. <laughs> isn't that the prize? Isn't that what they're then going to be getting to do? Yeah. Like, so basically, Janie. It better not one. be this song, Mary. It better oh, not be this song. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. I, uh, I mean, who knows? It could, you know, who knows? Uh, but yeah, I, I keep, I keep calling it living my life like it's London, <laughs> but it's oh. living my life in London, I think. Right. <laughs> It might be all I can think of when I think of this song is the um, the, the uh, synced up choreography of them jumping with one fist in the air and just how oh. like just how gymboree it felt. Like I just thought, oh, <laughs> this is like I am no dancing queen, but this was very much the like low, low impact Trish in the back of the aerobics class. This this choreography this week. Low impact Trish, Mary, put it on a tote bag. <laughs> yeah, low impact Trish. Um, you know, for anyone who wants a totally dated reference, other than low impact Trish, yeah, I think in the eighties, Debbie Reynolds did uh, an aerobics tape, and I think it's called "Doing It Debbie's Way." And the mm. best part about doing it, doing it Debbie style, doing it, De- yeah, Debbie, Debbie. But the best part about it is that Shelly Winters is there, being low <sighs> impact Trish in the back. No, and she's wearing like sweatpants and a big sweatshirt that says, "I'm just doing it for Debbie" or something like that. Mary, it's... Mary, this can't exist. Put this on Instagram. I like, know, like yeah, like put it on like yesterday. Yeah, I know. Uh, older gays, like they, I think this is in their catalog but i'm trying to make these references so we don't lose them that like shelly winters is indeed a low impact trish raise your hand if you are also a low impact trish yes right we're all low impact trishes here you know hey trish hey trish (laughs) um so sobriety mary i have to say i i absolutely loved hearing Hearing it said so eloquently, she said, you know, when I'm angry, I don't have to run to alcohol to numb it. I can sit here, evaluate, and take care of it. You know, this is always relevant, but, you know, and I don't want to bring current events into a podcast about Drag Race, but, like, not just, you know, current current events, but just the past two years, I feel like this is a little more relevant than it may have been before for a lot of folks of, like, hey— you know, you might be feeling a lot of residual stress and uh, disillusionment about the world, and it might make more sense to just get drunk. And so I felt like, while this message is applicable to folks all the time, I think when you place it in this airing in March of 2022, it's even more helpful, you know? Mm. Yeah, no, I think of, I'm bringing this television show up because I think it's interesting the quote Miranda says you know like well we were all drinking too much during the pandemic and then I just never stopped and Mm -hmm. I feel like not I'm not kind of relating that experience but the idea of the fact that people numb they numb with alcohol with weed with drugs with with sex with whatever with drag race maybe um that that they haven't really developed or they aren't using the tools that they have to 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 cope. I think even for, for a lot of people, I I think it's so interesting. In the last couple of years, it's like people who've never experienced sustained anxiety or depression before. It's like what tools? You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm so glad I've had mental health issues my whole life because I came to this pandemic with tools. You know. Yeah. But I think for a lot of people, that like sustained depression, it was like, oh, I. I don't know what else, like, I didn't even, I don't have any tools, you know, but this looks easy. And I think, um, you know, yeah, it, it's a, you know, it's an interesting context now 
of like there's even more to numb for to numb away i guess you know yeah you you almost don't want to even look at your phone whereas before i think you did want to look at your phone mm-hmm. so you know what i mean right I, right right i i because we used we were numbing ourselves with our screens and now it it's almost like yikes no, that's turned i don't on want us. to do that yeah, yeah exactly yeah I um I don't know. I got r- really bad advice during the pandemic. Um, and granted, it was bad advice for me. Um, it maybe wasn't bad advice for others, but it was like, yeah, keep eating, Johnny. Oh, yeah, just stay home and keep eating. And like, that's not good. That was not those weren't the tools that I had developed. You know what I mean? So who without naming any names, who gave you this advice? It wasn't just like one person's advice. I feel like that was all across Instagram and Twitter. And it was like, it's okay if you haven't gotten up and showered yet today. It was like, have grace, have more of that, you know, that junk food or, you know, it's, it's okay. It's fine. Um, it, it was always that advice of, you know, it's okay. Have grace with yourself. We're going through a pandemic, which sounds really great. And it's really nice. Um, and for me personally, I'm not speaking for anybody else, Mary's out there, but for me, that was not good advice because it made everything worse. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I mean, that kind of goes back to that idea of like, you start doing something, you start drinking to deal with something, you start smoking to deal with something, or you drink a lot because you're a drag performer working in bars and people are always mm-hmm. buying you drinks. And like you go from someone who's occasionally having a drink to you to being someone who's occasionally sober, you know? Yeah. I, oh, certainly. I feel like, yeah. I mean, you could replace food with anything. If you have a problem with food, if you have a problem with alcohol and people are like, oh no, it's okay. And you're surrounded by people that are telling you it's okay. It's not, which I think the nuance in Jujubee's experience here that she's talking about is like, I had to like leave my friends. Yeah, that was interesting. She said that basically everyone in her life now is a sober alcoholic. And I've heard about that plenty of times people who get sober and then it's just like you know i i saw that with a friend of mine who got sober and uh he was sober i wasn't and our friendship ended and um so you know and i'm not judging him i think it's great that he got sober and his whole life kind of went in that direction and i think that's great but it was i i didn't necessarily see myself i don't think it was because i was a bad influence or because he cut me out we just didn't have as much in common anymore. You know, it was Mm. a different energy. And I was like, well, it happens, you know? And it doesn't always have to happen where like, I think people get sober and then they have to like cut people out. Like you're a bad influence. You're out, you're drunks. I think it's this like, it can be this kind of unspoken thing that happens as well, where like mm. the friends you used to get high with don't reach out as much anymore, or you don't really have as much to talk about with them anymore when you're sober. And like it drifts the way, like just an old friendship drifts, you know, it's context. I see it as context that if you are trying to change your life and run a marathon, you know, I'm putting that in quotes because of the movie, Brittany runs a marathon if you're trying to change your life and turn it around and the context of your friends and all of them is having drinks and all of that, you're, you're going to just associate it. And, and yeah, you are going to have less things to talk about. You are going to reach out less. You're going to have less things to do. I always think about my friends, quote unquote, in Chicago that were my bar friends. They were just friends at the bar. And if I didn't go to the bar, I didn't see them. 
And I wonder the experience of a sober drag queen where you show up to quote unquote work, not even quotes, you show up to work and people are partying and you know, you come, you work and then you leave. It must be very challenging. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, Jujubee has talked about earlier this season, I think even on All-Stars 5, like just the importance of setting boundaries and maintaining boundaries. And that's one of the things I really like hearing people's sobriety stories and like the work that they, they're doing in sobriety is that it really is, it's so much more than like, you know, not drinking or not smoking or whatever your, your vice was, so to speak. It's like, how do you, how do you build a new life? Like, how do you move on from those people or start, you know, uh, taking on new activities or just kind of having a new energy? And then how do you maintain that, you know? And mm -hmm. it does all come down to, like, setting boundaries and being really rigid about it. Because I think I could see, like, the flip side. Like, I could see that being really hard, but I could also see it being very eye-opening to kind of, I, you know, I, I think we've all at least once been the sober person at the bar who's like, um this looks stupid. Like what's good about this, you know? Mm. And I think there might be an enlightenment there of like being the sober one and having the boundaries to know that like you're safe and you can have a good time without a drink and you're not a boring person for it. And you know who you are. Right. Like, I think it creates a distance to all of that. Or I would hope it creates a distance to all of that, that you're like, yeah, this, this isn't tempting, you know? Like I think, that's I've definitely felt that with drinking. I kind of think I'm like unofficially done with drinking. Like I think I just don't like it anymore. And I don't like the way it makes me feel. I don't like being hungover. I don't even like being drunk anymore. I just but I also like I'm like, oh, well, does that mean I can't go to drag shows? That mean I can't meet people at a bar? Does that inhibit if I ever want to go on like a date with someone, you know? And I think that's where you start to set those boundaries, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And what, I don't know, you find out very quickly, like it, uh, let's take your premise of a date. You want a date with somebody and they order a glass of wine and you don't, you're like, Oh no, I'm, I don't drink. That might be more of a problem for them than it is for you. And yeah. that's saying something. Yeah. I, that's, I think a huge part of it is like when you say, Oh, I don't drink. What does that make the other person feel? You know? Uh, because right. they're like, I, I don't want to drink alone. Well, okay. Then don't. <laughs> right, right, right. Or, you know, what mirror are you holding up if mm. you're not drinking and I am? And so when I order a second drink, it's like now it feels weird because now now we're, you know, oh for 2. You know what I mean? And I think mm. when everyone's drinking, once you get to round three and round four, it moves into like, yeah, of course, let's have another one. And so like the people at the table, and I've been this person who are like, no, I need round three, I need round four, are kind of masked in that of like, yeah, let's have another, when really you're feeling, no, I need another, you know? Oh, wow. Oh, I need, yeah, I don't, I don't know that experience of, I, and can you, can you go into more into that? I, I don't understand what you mean. I think it comes down to like what people say is that some people have addictive personalities or addictive genes or whatever and some don't and I absolutely do and you know because if it's not if it's not alcohol it's weed you know if it's not weed it's something else I like and I'm I'm not I'm not proud of it or ashamed of it it's just the reality and so I it feels just like something very inherent it's just this very inherent feeling of like I don't know like addiction or the addictive like thing that little fish hook is just already there it's just a mm. thing that's already there and you didn't put it there and so i think 
I think what it just comes down to is like you have to square off against this little nerve in your brain. You know what I mean? It's like this little switch that you have to like face, you know? I found out, oh, I don't know when this was, maybe four or five years ago, but that switch, um, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. If I have more than two drinks, or if at two drinks, if I, if I stop, I'll be fine. But if I go further, I, that, that switch doesn't exist. Like I, like I have no inhibitions. I mm-hmm. can't stop. Mm-hmm. I'll just keep going with the party. Um, that's the other thing that, uh, you know, going back to Jujube is like when you're surrounded by people that, that drink and they don't maybe have those addictions or they don't have those problems. Um, you know, you could even talk about this with like casual smokers. It's like, yeah, but when I go home after having a casual cigarette, like I'm going to want an entire pack. Right. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. when you're hanging out with casual drinkers that don't have that type of issue, you know, it it's not necessarily apparent that like, oh, but I can't stop. And when you keep going, I, like that's bad for me. Uh, it's interesting. And so you have to change the context, change the context of your friendships with these people. Yeah. Change your context. Change it around. You know, Uh, change your context, Mimi. Yeah. Change your context, Mimi. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, it it, it certainly, you know, it makes me think of euphoria and something that I've heard, you know, talked about often of like when you drink or when you do drugs or when you smoke pot, it's different than for other people. You know, like that's what it comes down to is just like. No, it's just different. Some people could just have a casual joint after work. If I do that, I have to start with a joint in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm. just like there is no waiting till after work. It, the, mm. the potato chips are either in the house or they're not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I think it's okay if I say this, um, but, but my sister, recovering alcoholic, um, and yes, yeah, you're, you're kind of triggering i don't mean to use that word i can't think of another one of something in me with when i think about her because she she couldn't she couldn't just have one after work she would have one in the morning or she'd have one you know she'd have a like a whole bottle after work you know what mm-hmm. i mean yeah yeah it's and it's like oh i just wish i could be one of those people where it was like you know there was self-control or I don't need it today. I don't need it at all. It's only for fun. You know, like it just, I think that's what it comes down to is that like, it's never, you know, Oh, let's have an, let's have a drink with dinner or, Oh yeah, that'd be fun on Friday to like smoke a bowl together. It's like, if I think on Friday, it's gonna be fun to smoke a bowl and it's a Tuesday right now, I'm going to have to start on Tuesday. You know, mm. I can't you know, sit and wait all week, you know? The nuance here, because I think of Juju B and somebody like Bob the Drag Queen, who I know is sober, like they are in an industry that is about nightlife and drinking, right? Inherently, they are they have to be around it. They are going to be working with other people that are drunk or high. And I, I wonder how you kind of navigate that because without feeling judgmental because there are artists and writers and uh, all those types of people that only perform well with a little bit with a shot of tequila right or Mm -hmm. with with a you know they're a little stoned or whatever they need that in order to kind of like be uninhibited to put on the the show that people love and what i think is interesting about juju b saying like you know, I don't need to have a drink to be high or, you know, or drink or to be high to have fun. I, it's also the realization of like, I can still perform sober 
and and mm-hmm. be just as entertaining but you have to let yourself go there and i think that's where the numbing comes in it's like you are almost numbing yourself to your anxiety so that you can perform well right or that you're numbing yourself to whatever it is that is keeping you from being a wonderful artist I mean, I hate to take it back to RuPaul, but it certainly ties into that inner saboteur. I mean, this what it makes me think of is, I, you know, I, I just thought about this the other day of RuPaul saying you got to cut the tail off every day, you know, and like mm. every day you got to cut the tail off and you have to just like, you know, start that process over and over. And like the alternative is to just have the drink, you know, and to not do that work. And so I think like the whole, that's what I think of, you know, this idea of like, what are people trying to numb from, you know, maybe calling it the interceptor at this point is just like a cheesy RuPaul bumper sticker, but it's essentially, that is what it is. It's whatever, you know, fear or anxiety or voice or or perception is inside of you that is um, telling you otherwise, whatever the case may be. Mm. Yeah. There's that idea of when I think about somebody like Bob or Jujubee, they are completely in control on stage and there could be a, a drag queen or a performer who is completely out of control on stage, which isn't safe, which isn't good. You know, it, it could end badly. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, that's when, you know, again, RuPaul makes a good point of like, you want the audience to feel kind of safe in your presence. You want them to feel like you've got mm. this all handled and like, I, I think, yeah, we've all seen, you know, a queen or a performer who's had a few too much to drink, a few too many drinks or whatever. And mm-hmm. you can just see the sloppiness and it's like, oh, even if you recover from this now, I'm just kind of watching to see if it's going to happen again. You know, <laughs> it's so, so rough. I know. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, I, you know, let's scoot on to the top of the episode. I have to say, I, almost to my delight in a way, we really had significant Pangina el- elimination aftermath this week. Mm. Well, as many of our Marys on Instagram pointed out, I mean, a lot of Marys were, I didn't even notice it until Marys noticed it, uh, but the spinning coin at the top of the episode. I did not notice that either. I have no, where the hell was this coin? <laughs> Oh, uh, I guess some stagehand or, or, you know, uh, best boy um, started spinning a coin on one of the workroom tables and then it drops and then the queens walk in. Wow. Is the very first shot. Is that a hint to Janie Jacquet going? Because it probably came from from her look last week. No, 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 no. I thought the coins were from Pangina's vagina. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I was thinking of the po- the poker chips on on Janie's look, but that would make more oh, sense that these were coin. The, yeah, these coin. were yeah, her coin ginas, yeah. <laughs> yes, coin ginas. Um yeah, there was that and then this this whole kind of idea of blue feeling remorse, but also not, which I think is where you have to go. And I appreciate Michelle Visage just like, and also RuPaul later in the judging when they're talking to blue, but it's like, well, it's a game, you know, it's like, yeah, you just lean into your decision. Just do it. I like that Juju B in her own way is kind of, quietly still sitting Shiva for Pangina. You know what I mean? Like, you know, cause, and, and it, in a great context, like Jujubee, I love, you know, in act one, she's like, 
I'm just so sad. And I just mm. thought, oh, we all needed you to say that. Thank you. <laughs> and and I think, you know, we've heard this from a lot of Marys and we've known this and we've, we've heard this from Pangina, but it was cool to hear also Jujubee saying like, Thailand is one big family. If one of them goes out, they're all out in this competition. And so it's like, I, I think that it it kind of rounded out seeing you know, even into this week hearing, you know, Pangina's sobs, I felt like they were, they weren't, it didn't feel as exploitative. I felt like they were really like contextualizing. This was really painful. It, it was a very, I have never seen a queen, an eliminated queen get such like regard like this and such context, you know? Totally. Yeah. It's interesting to think about Blue's experience because I feel like Blue was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then like, oops, I didn't, know that it was going to hurt that much. You know what I mean? There mm-hmm. was, I, I feel like Blue was like, yeah, I'm playing the game. I'm pulling a Naomi Smalls. I'm just going to do it. And then it was, yikes. I, did I really fuck that up? Was I supposed to do that? Almost like, did I go off script, darling? Yeah. That, though her, her, I mean, while it wasn't my favorite choice, I mean, she did, she did make a really good point. She was like, I now had a Rue Peter badge. That put a target on my back. You know, Pangina has a track record of winning these challenges and sending home strong competitors. So I could have been sent home next, you know? So, like, she was basically trying to stop. It was either like Pangina or Blue, you know what I mean? And yeah. uh, so I understood, like, I didn't feel like. It, it felt way less life's not fair than Naomi. It, just, it felt like it was way more of a Sophie's choice, you know? <laughs> Sure, sure. I want, and I feel like with an edit, if Baga had done it, would have felt more villainous, right? Whereas Blue, oh, yeah. you don't really see Blue as a villain. No, there's that little you know moment at the table the next day where she's like, and I kind of liked it, but they edited that to make she was just sticking around. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she, of course, she very course. clearly did not like it. Yeah, yeah. No, of course. Um, and it's it's also great that Pangina still lives on through. The cat purse. Oh my god! I mean, this is indeed where where Juju has built a, a shrine. Pangina has technically been in every episode of this season because we have Pangina purse at the table. I just yes. Oh my goodness! I just fucking love it. Purse Gina. Yeah. Mm, purse Gina. My purse Gina. <laughs> I do love that she. You know, there was that very small little moment. When Baga's talking about, you know, being a Soho queen and all who she knows. And Jujubee is like, here we go. And it's talking to the cat purse. It was such like a little what about this kind of moment. I love that. Oh, here mm-hmm. we go. What about like, this? This yeah. is like, here is the real cat lady in the room because she keeps the cat in the conversation. Oh, what do you think about this, Pangina? Here she goes. Yeah, that's what people do. I mean, dog people can relate. But if you have a cat or a dog, you will... In the middle of a conversation with friends, talk to the dog. Right. Or say something to the cat, you know? Yeah, right. Like, yeah, try to get his point of view. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I never want people to forget that my cat is a part of the conversation. He's yeah. not just What do you furniture. think about that, Marco? Yeah, what do you think yeah. about that? Think about this. Yeah. <laughs> do you like Euphoria too, Marco? <laughs> yeah, Marco, what did you think about Lexi's play? <laughs> <laughs> did you think it slowed think... down season two, Marco? Because I did. I, I was watching Euphoria once with, and Ella was like on my chest, and I said, Ella, I never want you to do drugs. I uh, never want you to do drugs because you might get addicted, okay? You're and not going to do them. And then what's going to happen, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I said that to him when I was watching Dope Sick this week. By the way, 
oh my God. And I said, Ella, I never want you to do Oxy. Don't do Oxy, Ella. Oh, we talk about Oxys. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's his Ooh. name? Michael Keaton just won a SAG for that. Was he great? Yeah. It's uh, that. I feel like that's the drug show, Mary. I mean, Euphoria is, you know, beautifully shot and wonderfully acted. And uh, there's just some iconic kind of like queer adjacent moments and stuff like that. But I think the important storyline and the important education I feel like is in dope sick. Oh my God. I'm so angry. Anyway, I'll talk about that on nuance sometime. All right. I imagine dope sick exists in reality, whereas euphoria exists on some planet called East Highland. Like yes, with exactly. huge theater budgets. Yeah. And no homework. <laughs> oh my God. Not a single fucking ditto, you know? <laughs> I need a hero. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, I need a term paper. Like There are no adults in that school. No. I've just determined. At no point, like, at no point was anyone like, you know what? We just had a physical altercation on stage. I think act two might have to wait, you know? <laughs> and, like, how many, like, what was this, a fucking opera? How many intermissions were there for the audience to just sit around while Lexi has, like, an existential crisis backstage while the whole, while the whole cast gathers in a group and then that one cute stage manager is like should we go on it's just like oh my god yes go on it's been four hours and this play isn't about (laughs) anything like that's the thing this play i've been calling this play play diaz because everyone keeps saying it's so good and i'm like no it's terrible Well, on the show, everybody says that play is so good. That's what but I mean. we're watching the, the play on the show, you know? Yeah, but in the world of Euphoria, everyone's going nuts for this terrible yeah. play. And it's yeah. just, I feel like I'm at a comedy concert, you know? It's, <laughs> someone just shotguns me weed? <laughs> play Diaz. Play uh, Diaz. Put it, on, put it on a tote bag. I know. All right, Mary, let's talk about, um, let's talk about this episode. They have to sing and dance. Uh, they get to record with Jade Thurwall. Um, and they, they have to write their verses. I, you know, there's not much to say except when they go to rehearse, Jade Thurwall is just giving so much to this segment that it kind of saves it. I I mean, I'm pretty sure that Pink News has already run the story. I think fans are calling for permanent music producer judge. Jade Thurwall. Uh, you know, just a, a couple little things I want to just highlight of things that I did like was I think that Baga has certainly, you know, there's a, there's a whole narrative about Baga, but I'm going to give her this. Her Tony Braxton impression was excellent and was really Mary, funny. I, yes, I was surprised nobody said that on Instagram. Yeah, it I, was I so it. funny. I'm going to share it later. It was so good. Yeah. yeah. It was so good, and I just want to give roses where roses are due. That was so fucking funny. And I also want to just note, you know, and I think this was one of the BSAs of the week, but it was like Juju just, you know, calling it as it was. And I just love the frustration of of her saying, like, I mean, they're going to judge it the way they're going to fucking judge it. Let's be really fucking clear right now. She's going to throw the F-bombs around. She's going to throw the fucks around. She's going to throw the fucks around. And I just... I love that energy of like, you know what? Let me just do my fucking song. I I know that feeling so well. And I just love to see Juju go there. Yeah, it's interesting because Mo kind of 
was like, well, blah, 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 blah. And she was like, shut up, shut up. They are going to judge us. However, you know, one of the Marys put it as like, uh, Juju be saying what we were all thinking. Right, right, exactly. Uh, Like, they're going to love Baga no matter what she does, so let me just do my (laughs) song, you know? I I, might as well like my verse. I appreciate that. Exactly, exactly. You know, I, uh, what, to the point of Jade Thorwell, I was very happy to see her again, and I, I also want to note her accent. You know, I don't, I did not look this up if there's a little Scottish in there, but after, after Baggas, when she goes, not a bad guy, you know, I was, and that's not Scottish either, obviously, but there was just this, like, There was just this bat, this bagpipe in there that I was really enjoying. Not a bad guy. Not a guy. bad guy, you know. Not guy. not a bad guy, you know. Not a bad guy, <laughs> you know. You know, something like that. She's from South Shields, Tyne and Ware, England. South Shields, Tyne and Ware. It sounds like they make dishes. Oh yeah, South Shield, Tyne and Ware for the best <laughs> house house goods, textiles, ceramics, and more. <laughs> It's so true. Right? South Shields, Tyne, and where? Do they call it, you know, SSTW? Or do they Maybe. just call it where? Do they call I'll, it South Shields? This is my SSTW China. Mm, I got it on my registry. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. There's Northwest, and then there's Brooke Shields' daughter, South Shields. South Shields. Yeah. There's. Oh, I'm over, I'm, uh, I'm over on Brooke Shields by the water. <laughs> I'm on Brooke Shields. Uh, adjacent to River Medway. Anyway, yeah, exactly, um, exactly. If you just follow Brooke Shields all the way to River Medway, you'll be uh, <laughs> sailing down the Danube. Um, yeah, basically, f- from this whole segment, we learn that Janie cannot sing, and the producers have their work cut out for them to make a good product, and that you know, uh, Mo is a very good rapper, and Jujubee is a great singer. We learn yeah. those things. I mean, you know, I did I did think with Janie, knowing that the prize for all of this is to record a song with Rue, it was like, well, why are you here then? I mean, it's like if the if the prize is, you know, a, a, a big barbecue feast and you're a vegan, then what are you doing here, Jeff? You know, and so mm. that did seem strange to me, uh, though I do appreciate uh Juju be describing this predicament via some strange meteor that needs to be sung at, or else it's going to slam into that planet. She's like, if there was a meteor coming towards the planet and it said, oh, yeah. sing for me, we would, and I was like, all right, I, I, I saw don't look up, but I don't think this is what happened. But what this made me think of was uh, in Ghostbusters two at the end, the way that they got the slime to like retreat was all these New Yorkers mm. had to like sing that song together. Mm-hmm. So maybe she was making a Ghostbusters two reference. Maybe it, I feel like it was Juju B being prompted by the producers and the confessionals to tell a big story. And so she, told yeah, that big story. yeah. Give yeah. us a, you know, give us a, a, you know, do a little pizza queen for us. Give us a little narrator energy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I I didn't really get much out of the dancing of it all. I oh. these, again these semifinals episodes. It's like get on with it, you know. I'd much rather it be a longer song or I don't know a double runway or something, just so we don't have to see these nothing moments. Well, speaking of Euphoria, I I I might edit with that like that sound cue that use constantly in Euphoria, that chanting. Um, I might edit Baga in the choreo rehearsal being Rue from Euphoria. It was just a lot of standing around looking tired in a sweatshirt, and I just thought, oh, she is just 
This your big Taking Rue energy. It all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just a lot of standing around looking. There's one shot where she's just kind of slowly moving to the back and just wandering. And so uh that was what I got from the choreography was was the, you know, the Rueforia of bag of chips. Mm, Rueforia. Oh God, please don't do it, but do it. You know, oh, but can you I mean it would be so dark like they would have to navigate around so many fucked up things you know it's like you know who gets to play nate who gets to play cal you know are they gonna who's gonna be cat you know (laughs) who's gonna be cat you know what i mean like who's gonna be the guy with the baby penis you know what i mean oh god um (laughs) well maybe that'll be graham norton anyway hey um, maybe (laughs) i can actually Um, see the super specsy alan carr playing that role Oh, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. yeah. He, oh, God. He would play that role really, really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, with the other part two of Social Justice Corner that we have after the kind of sobriety and alcohol talk, because I think Bagus starts that, right? With, uh, I think Juju's like, oh, you like your little beers? You like your little beers. Well, it, and it, the whole clip opens because, you know, they're all, you know, knackered from, from you know, the choreography. And uh, Baga, and I don't know if this is related or leads into this at all, but I did write this down that Baga says she needs a good MOT. And I just need our, our UK or adjacent Marys to tell me what an MOT is because all I could find is in Britain, an MOT is a test which by law must be made each year on all road vehicles that are more than three years old in order to check that they're safe to drive. And kind of that makes sense, but I'm wondering if an MOT is more of like a, you know, uh, something more like a cup of tea and a biscuit, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. I, don't, I, I have no idea what that means. Maybe she said uh, MNT. I heard MOT. So yeah. MOT. I, there's, there's a British reference made later that I was happy I got. So I'll, when we get to it, I'll try to remember to say it, yeah. but yeah, I do not know what MOT is. Um, yeah. The so Baga, yeah. Baga and Juju talk and then, um, blue, uh, brings up the idea of kind of religion and uh, kind of Belfast being really homophobic. Um, Janie kind of having to go to school in in Amsterdam because she was a she was very homosexual at a very young age. Um, and then a, a really another kind of ground not groundbreaking but I guess just very impactful moment for Drag Race with Mo Hart. And you know I remember her talking about this you know probably during season nine and maybe even all stars four or oh was she on 10 Ugh, i always think she was she's on 10 nine. with dusty because dusty also had a huge moment with this in my I, I know that it's like i never think that she's actually with the season nine cast but when i go through the catalog i always accidentally put her in season nine you know Got uh but yes i know that she probably talked about this in season 10 and all stars four but it was you know um it's always worth talking about again. And I think, you know, there was a nice moment there in the talking heads when, you know, she, she has that speech of like, you know, lies, 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 all about conversion therapy. And, uh, I really liked the kind of wise adult in the room of her saying, there's nothing wrong with you. And it was, Mm. it was very, what I liked about it was that so often Monique is, you know, the ooh ah sensation and it's, you know, it's very like, Oh, Oh, and all of that's lovely and wonderful, but sometimes you just want someone to just like calm down and look you in the eye. And I felt like she really did that in this moment. It was the it was the soft sell, you know. Absolutely. There's there was a phrase that stuck out to me that I think was really really good advice 
she was talking about going through conversion therapy and you have to eat the meat and throw out the bone. Mm. And I feel like this is young kids, old kids, adults. When you go to the workplace, when you work in a kind of unsafe environment, professional situations, you have to endure family dinners once or twice a year. You kind of just have to sometimes just let it pass through you because you can't change other people, you know, it's it's not even worth your energy and time because you have so much more going for you that going backwards isn't going to help and fighting about it or being depressed about it or letting it affect you also is a waste of your time. Um, and so sometimes those so-called social contracts are just exhausting and you just have to develop that skill to eat the meat and throw out the bone. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of of Juju be talking about boundaries again of like, you know, just, okay, I'm going to go into this family dinner and, you know, I'm not going to engage on this topic. I'm not going to get riled by that topic. I'm, you know, just going to, you know, things I don't like, I'm just going to let pass through one ear and out the other. And, you know, uh, I'm just going to maintain, you know, because getting upset about it is not worth it. So I know and it's giving yeah. them exactly what they want. Yeah. Right. Right. So, I, uh, I I thought all of it was kind of an interesting uh, it's throughout the season kind of seeing hearing that more than once hearing Jujube talk about boundaries and, and hearing, you know, about having to make sacrifices of like, well, I just a lot of I had to end a relationship. I had to, you know, a lot of cut people out of my life and, and Mo Hart talking about like, yeah, you go through this and you just have to like keep your head down and not hear any of it. And it's it's an interesting variation on it gets better. You know what I mean? It's like, mm. You know, it, it's it's not saying it gets better. It's here's how I got through it, you know? Yeah, right. Here And here's here's one tool, right? Here's what I did. I think what's interesting about Moa Hart to me is how religious she is. Because it's rare, right, that that is a thing on gay television shows. Normally we see, oh, conversion therapy. I know the church abuses me and I hated the church and uh, this was awful and yada, yada, yada. And you have Mo Hart who is like, you know, at her shows or backstage with other queens leading a prayer. That's just something she lives unabashedly. And I feel like that's not always touched upon with gay stuff. It, it's it's tricky territory to have some kind of like religion or spirituality and be a gay man or be a queer person or whatever because that's so often obviously you know being used against you in some way and I think it's really separating that there is a difference between having a sense of faith and church you know mm -hmm. like there is a very it's just completely different you know and uh, you know one church is you know that's it's almost like what one church one pastor one point of view is just like one douchebag on twitter with a point of view you know what i mean mm. it's just like well just because mm -hmm. you think that that doesn't mean shit you don't know anything you know if you talk to god right. you weren't you know, there you yeah, weren't exactly. there like yeah. so why should i believe you you know i always think with this stuff when people have these ideas about god and, the, and whatnot i think you know what i'm gonna believe what i believe you believe it you believe and let's see in the end who was right you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it, if there's a heaven, I'll see you there. You know, it sounds so petty when you put it like that. <laughs> and it is. <laughs> but I also feel like it's it's a way there's a there's a sense of peace there, too. Totally. Mary, where it's like, yeah, you do you. I'm going to do me. Isn't that 
isn't that the best thing for us right now? As long as what you believe isn't going to hurt me, you know? Yeah. Um, And what's interesting about Mohart's religion is that there are people that have her religion that do believe things that would hurt her, you know? And, and it, it's just an interesting world to navigate. And I think it takes a very strong point of view and person to be able to be like, Nope, this is what I believe. This is how I see it. And I'm just going to keep going forward with it. Yeah, I think it's also like, yeah, not letting dumb humans on Earth try to like ruin something that is not about them. You know what I mean? Like, I think, mm. you know, the, the Bible is a book. I went to Catholic school. I feel like I spent enough time in this, you know, and, and the conflict of like, oh, I can't be gay and believe in any of this. But like, you know, you strip everything else away. You strip the names and the context away. And some of like the basic teachings or the concept of Jesus Christ is like so queer and so inclusive and so like right up the alley of what so many queer people are talking about. And like, Mm -hmm. just because there's some asshole in a church who is using these teachings or, or bastardizing them in some way to kind of serve their own fears or concerns doesn't mean that like those teachings can't then be applicable on your own. And I just think that like, that to me feels a little more true and a little more real in terms of having a sense of faith. If you're able to kind of embrace it and understanding it on your own without having some other asshole tell you what to think, you know? Absolutely. And I feel like outside of religion, even because there's also a social religion. Uh, even if you're not, uh, your parents aren't Christian, but they don't want you to be gay or they do think gay is disgusting, right? Like there is, I mean, there's laws right now being made in Texas and Florida that talk about this very thing. And it's not even like what I think is so powerful about about Monique here is that what she is saying, like, don't buy into the hype that there is something wrong with you. That doesn't always have to be about religion that you can be affected by this and feel what she is saying in a different context. It's interesting how there's these queens are they've got kind of proclamations proclamations and preachings for black of a better term that are so similar to RuPaul because I think RuPaul's been saying the same thing that like it, it basically has been saying like if they're not paying your bills pay them no mind you know mm. anyway uh why don't we why don't we take things to the runway you know I don't have tons of thoughts on the song my biggest thought was that like in terms of the order of things it worked so well to have the you know the verses end or whatever have the lines end with uh the lyrics if you will with mo hart saying hollywood baby and i thought what if juju was last and ended on boston boston you know and so it really it made me wonder you know there had to be some thought here of like what actually works best you know boston is funny but i feel like the sound clip is belfast like (laughs) oh yeah time she said belfast (laughs) It just sounded um, there. There there was it tickled me. I guess the way she said it, or how she said it, or how it was put in there in Belfast. Um, I gotta say, oh, go ahead. Oh no, no, yeah. It just it it's. uh, I feel like in songs like this, when people are kind of like hyping up, you know, it's London, New York, L.A. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's always like people want to hype up like hot cities, and then it's like (laughs) Cleveland, you know, (laughs) Belfast, you know. Boston. South Shield, South, South Shield, Shield <laughs> That's what I needed. South Shield, Titan Wear, baby. You know, you could make a really funny mix to this, and it's just you know, you're 
it's clips of people yelling cities and then it gets really obscure and it's like right it goes to those old trim spa baby and it, uh-huh. it just goes <laughs> just gets weirder Jupiter, Sasha Colby. Florida. yeah <laughs> Seagirt New Jersey <laughs> Yeah, Newark, Kennedy, Newark. Milan, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Ho Hocus. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I just think you could uh you could make a, a funny little parody. But I have to say, about this whole song, I'm gonna speak in hyperbole here, but I kind of believe it. I feel like Monique won this challenge with the line where stars are made and dreams come true, what's good? It was mm-hmm. the the line that stuck out because the rhythm changed, it was clever. And none of the other queens had a moment like that. And Mo's performance was so, I don't know, just lived in and the, 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 the verse was so well done. I was like, there's no competition here. This was, this was the most clever kind of constructed. It was. I think that Mo definitely won this week. You know, I certainly was in that top two deservedly. I thought she did a great job. I thought, you know, um, yeah, I mean, everything I said, I feel like she she did something different. She changed up the song. As Graham said, she definitely kind of stood out as the one who was like a little bit more, you know, to the to the front and center than everybody else. I definitely felt that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, she she definitely... It's interesting because I felt like, you know, as we've talked about, this challenge is basically the prize for this whole season. And so I felt like these were kind of auditions for what Rue could possibly expect from these queens. And yeah, I think Mo gave her a really nice option. It would be, yeah, it would be weird if Mo didn't win. You know what I mean? Like at this point, it's Jujube or Mo Hart. And I still feel like RuPaul just wants it to be Baga because it's UK versus the world. I know. I mean, you know, I don't want to jump to the bit like knowing that next week is a lip sync, you know, SmackDown. It, to me, it almost feels like they're setting it up to be between Blue and Juju. Oh, my God. Because okay. Bag is never going right. to win a lip sync extravaganza, SmackDown against any of these three queens. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, and so I feel like... and. You know, it, I, Mo Mo could win a lip sync. She's certainly a great performer, but I could definitely see this coming down to one U.S. queen and one U.K. queen. Sure, yeah. So, uh, wait, what do you know about the finale? I think I only that, watched the scenes for next week once. Oh, so it's, I mean, they don't really show any, it's just, it's going to be basically like a lip sync smackdown. It's going to be like the finale, I guess, of a a regular season. So I assume, you know, there'll probably be three lip syncs. There'll probably be a reunion, you know, I don't know, maybe they'll have the US queens lip syncing against each other, the UK queens lip sync against each other, and then the winners of that lip sync. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and we've just seen those pairs perform, and Blue won and Juju won. Last week, Blue won against Baga. This week, Juju won against Mo. I'll be surprised if it's not Mo versus somebody. In the finale? In the, in like yeah. the, the final two? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. Uh, what's interesting is Mo is the only one without a badge. So, not that they mean anything, but... It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. yeah runways but, don't mean anything, and neither do the badges. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't. Well, speaking of runways, uh, you know, uh, fuck my drag, Drag Race España. We're doing art on the runway, and uh, <sighs> Spain did it better. 
I much mean, better. Really. Much better. I mean, another reason, if y'all have not watched Drag Race Espana, which is really... I mean, season two is coming out in a few weeks, so I don't know what you're doing, but they did do an uh, art on the runway challenge, and it was phenomenal. Ooh, God, I still think about it. Was it Ugatheo? Uh, uh-huh. That look. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, that runway was... Killer Queen with the, with the dolly look, Time Daily. Uh-huh. Oh, um, yeah. Carmen oh had the dress with the paint that splattered. Oh, I mean, shit. it was a really cool runway. So, um, oh, wait. I think that was the week. I think Arancha had already gone home, or maybe she was there, but she either was going to do, I think she was going to do that piece that the art restorer had fucked up. And it was like, remember, there was like some old religious painting of Jesus or something. Oh, and the yeah. art restorer like tried to she fix the face. showed it later, yeah. And she showed it later and she was going to be that. And I thought, oh, that's <laughs> genius. But anyway. Um, uh, we got, I don't know, Baga being Baga. I, it was campy. You know, you have to just kind of give respect where respect is maybe due. It's just like, well, Baga's going to do Baga. That's what Baga does. Baga does not do glamour. It's not this Glamazon thing. And I, and Baga also doesn't do the crazy moves and the splits and all that. Like, you just kind of have to be like, all right, if we're really going to appreciate different types of drag on this show, then we have to allow Baga to walk down the runway and things like this and understand that this is how she's walking down the runway. She's been consistent. This is what she does. And and there is totally a place for this kind of drag. I think, you know, it's interesting kind of people have talked about this season, like Baga's edit and her attitude and not wanting to do things. And, you know, we see it in the choreography rehearsal of her wandering around. We see the talking heads of, you know, oh, I don't want to do that and all that stuff. And I feel like this week, you know, I think it was during the runway when she was talking about like, you know, that, that she's hanging out with Damien Hurst and all these artists and whatnot. And she says, I live in that world. I'm famous. And I realized <laughs> then she's just fucking around you guys. Yeah. She's just yeah. fucking around on a sixth episode season with no cash prize. And like, she isn't delusional. She's just, fu- she knows that she, she knows that the sausage roll is not a dance move. That's going to take over the world. She knows she's not going to win an Oscar ever. It's this, like she's playing up this delusional, you know, sense of grandeur. And I think paired with what this kind of, you know, drag with the crunch on top i feel like it's great i love it it's part of the goop of this season is here's bag of chips rolling around on the stage with her with her you know tidy whities hanging out and in the confessionals going i mean what can you say i am the best one here it's i don't know i just it's, i i am not bothered it's by so dry chips. it's yeah. so specific it's a type of humor and it it's just different than the, you know, fierce geometrics of the world, you Ugh, know? And there's enough of those. Exactly. I love this. Exactly. Like not why not just kind of troll? Not necessarily troll, but have a little bit of fun. I also feel like Jujubee's having a little bit of fun. She's like, Well, I just I gotta like my lyrics. God damn it. Yeah. You know, like just leave me alone. I'm gonna do my fucking thing and fuck you and I'm gonna throw the fucks around. And Baga's the same thing. It's like Baga also is known has talked about how she doesn't really have much of a self-esteem and so it's like let let her just do her drag this is just what it what it is and it's not fierce and it's not lethal it's just something else 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, and I just, I think that at least she's been consistent about it. And I think, you know, it, it's been, it's certainly been fun. Um, and I wouldn't yeah. judge, you know, her art the same way I would, you know, Jamie Jacquet. Like I can look at Jamie right. and go, you no, can't. this is genuinely impeccable drag. Whereas this is bag of chips having a laugh, you know? Yeah. She's having a laugh. That's what she does. And I, it, it's tempting to be like Baga shouldn't have gone through Baga is doing terribly Baga is doing terribly Which she might have done terribly in the challenges You know But if you're going to just go to the runways Though she looks like shit It's like yeah there's lots to consider there There's lots to consider there You know if I'm going on a competition Where there's no prize money Girl I don't know if I would <laughs> Put in What's so much money on investment, you know? Yeah, I mean? and and you're also on a big stage, and it's like, why not be the best version? And Bag is like, I'm not. That's not my style. That's not my drag. And it's very much like Tatiana versus Raven in season two. And it's like, you know, Raven's like, I will change whatever the judges want. I will change. And Tatiana's like, I'm not gonna do that. And in a season full of goops with Jimbo going home and Pangina going home and just like so many. Lemon, lemon going home first. There's so many goops throughout the throughout the se- the season. I just like I'm trying to look at the larger picture of like overall. I love that within this no stakes season, there was also bag of chips. This you know this this greasy <laughs> chip shop slice of pizza just rolling around. You know, uh, in this competition, not being abominably bad, just. Always being a greasy chip shop slice of pizza, you know? It was hard when Baga was kind of like a dark cloud. I think that's when I was like, man, can't you be more like Jimbo right now where it's in quotes? Uh, there was there was an energy to Baga that didn't feel very good every week, you know? Yeah, maybe this week when she did that whole, I live in that world, I'm famous, it suddenly felt a little as dark. And I was like, oh, I just needed you to wink a few more. I think everyone just needed you to wink a few more times, Baga, you know? Totally. Um, Um, I liked Blue's look a lot, but I did appreciate, I think it was Graham who said, like, it looked a little bit like the dress was wearing you. Yeah. I, I think the makeup could have been way bigger. And then it would have made a little bit more sense. I mean, for all the people as well to not have like, I mean, she's like Mm. the queen of incredible makeup this season. So I, it was, it was fine. I, to be honest, I think, I think Janie was actually my favorite. I thought it was just so cool. I thought the, the painting was so smart. I thought she recreated that, that pop art aesthetic so well. It was instantly recognizable. And I, I just, it was, I loved it. I thought she just looked so good. It didn't speak to me. I think it, I don't know. I think I was just, I wanted more from the hair or I don't know. I didn't, I, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. That's all I I can say. Um, I, you know, we just saw Drag Race España and it, I don't know. This whole runway, I was like, uh. (laughs) ah. Well, you know what they say, drag is art and art is subjective. Correct. So it's no big deal. Uh, speaking of art, Juju is more serving art aria than I think art. I don't know. Mm. I think she was like, this gown will do. I dare them to question me, you know? Sure, sure. Uh, How much do you want to record a single with me, RuPaul? What about this? Right. What about this? Is <laughs> what this about art? This? What about this? Yeah. yeah. What about this? Art, art, art. Did yeah. someone mention art? Yeah. Um, yeah, and Mo Hart's Salvador Dali, Head of Roses look, uh, face crack, if you will. Um, so to speak. It, yeah, it was it, there was drama again. Mohart is bringing 
the level of this type of competition every week, which I appreciate. You know, if Baga's doing this camp drag, yes. And there is a level of camp drag that you can kind of like oomph up to. Similar to her pink cat look. Like that, I feel like, yeah, do more of that. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the attention to detail. Like I think, you know, this look, it was, I was kind of surprised that they didn't read I thought it was fine, like Baga, but I was kind of surprised they were like, um, this is fun. This is cute. I mean, I guess to your point, they're just judging Baga for Baga's drag. But yeah. it's uh, when Blue is wearing something that's aesthetically better, but is told, well, you're swimming in it. Whereas Baga is kind of wearing this like goofy tube dress with, you know, sunflowers on her tits. And it's like, this is fun. This is cute. I love this. Right. You know, I I can see I could see how it could feel a little you know imbalanced, but <laughs> you think? Yeah, maybe just a little. <laughs> so you know, I just on the note of Mohart, it does raise the question of masks of Drag Race. You know, queens mm. who covered their face on the runway. All mm. I can think of at the moment is Asia O'Hara as a fish. You know, other than uh. Valentina, of course. But oh, that's the most famous mask. Mary. That's the most famous. But indeed, it does raise the question of you know masks of Drag Race. Masks of Drag Race. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Mary's chime in. Let us yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of any either. And hopefully they don't do a runway of like, and, you know, give us masks on the runway. Show us COVID couture. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. No, 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 no. Right. Uh, that's um, no, Mary's, if you, if, you find the, the show. if you find the screenshot, uh, send it to us, and then we'll quote tweet it. Just tweet it. We'll quote uh, story it. Because um, it would be nice to have like, I don't know. Some more examples because I I know that there have been masks on the runway and I just can't think of them. Yeah, uh, like maybe Gigi Good had a helmet with she a had mask a lot on. of helmets, but you know <laughs> it's it's the mask. It's the you know it's it's the she had a lot of helmets. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Gigi Good God, what's with the helmets? You Gigi know, Gigi Good God, uh, girl, get a grip. Yeah. Um, I I just have to say this again, but when RuPaul says, you know, it's a game. To blue, it it's pointed editing. I feel like this whole episode was all the editors being like to the fans, it's okay, it's just a game. She's supposed to do this. Oh no, she's supposed to do this. I would have done this too. I would have sent Panjana home this week. I, you know, all of that kept coming out in the edit. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that this is like a perfect example of why not to like judge a season till it's over because what they show you in in a previous episode could really just be building up for something they want to tell you in the next episode. And so Correct. I think to for example to watch last week with Pangina going home and go, "Oh my god, this show, fuck this for this is ridiculous. We can't you know, blah blah blah, burn this whole show down." I think I to be honest, as someone who was really sad to see Pangina go, I came out of this episode going, "Well, I understand. I, it makes sense to me. You've all kind of justified it. You know, Michelle justified it. Rue justified it. Blue justified it. Like, everybody kind of explained it in a way that was like, yeah, that's how this game works. And I like, guess it's a game. maybe I would do the same thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and the front runners aren't going to be at the end because guess what? There's no cash prize and it doesn't matter. Pangina yeah. has a huge following now. She is so well known now. Mary. You know what I mean? Yeah, this was she. She cashed out. She's fine. Um, and even you know, just to add, also like Mo Hart saying in the beginning, like she's literally addressing the audience of like, and you can hate this and you can say whatever you want, but until you've played this game, mm. you don't know what it's like. And it just, I don't know. I thought that uh, 
I'm still standing by my statement that this is an epic season of Drag Race, even with these goops, because I feel like the storytelling is consistent. I don't feel like Baga's getting carried without a reason. I don't feel like Pangina went home just for like goops and shocks and let's hear her cry, you know, in the background. I feel like this has been all kind of structured to tell a really interesting goopy season of television. I hear you. I think I'm still, I'm in two worlds right now. I'm also in the other world of, man, wouldn't have been great to see the best competing. Wouldn't have been great to see Lemon, Jimbo, and Pangina in the top four. You know what I mean? And I love Jujube. I love Mohart. I'm so happy that they're around. So, you know, because it doesn't matter. And I I also am just disappointed. And I think that we can we can have two types of feelings about it i think so i think so um well uh you know one thing i want to just point out is uh you know once we kind of get to this is kind of on the topic is like if pangina was still around this week and if for some reason she wasn't in the top two absolutely she would have been chopped by whoever was in the top two. Yep. And I think it would have felt worse for her to get chopped this episode than last week. Right. I I find it hard to believe that she wouldn't have been in the top for this challenge. Right. I and also feel I, like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's, I, there's yeah. that. So. I also think, yeah, Jujube could have gone home last week and then it would have been top two Mo and Pangina and Pangina would have destroyed the song in a lip sync. She, it would have been chicken run, yeah, my know. friend. It would have been so fucking good. I actually, that's yeah. my biggest regret is I didn't, I didn't get to see Pangina lip sync to this song. <laughs> Just like completely dominate the season because it would have yeah. been the fifth episode where she was so dominant. You know, I want to move on to the Jujube and Baga discussion because the nuance of this is that if you're sitting next to Bag of Chips and you know Bag of Chips and she's talking to you like she's Winnie the Pooh and you also know that you're going to beat her, right? Like that mm-hmm. you're better than her. You're not going to send her home. I mean, this was an interesting moment because, yeah, Baga, I mean, talk about turning on the soft cell. She really does this mm. with both Mo and with Juju B. But with Juju B, it, she was like, eventually she was like, it, and if it's too hard for you to choose, just send me home. They're all amazing. You know, and she, she gets into that. And I normally love those moments. And I think even Juju B was like, hmm, clever rabbit. Because I wasn't buying Baga chips for a second. In, in this untucked. I just, this woman is uh, is a trained actress. She's told us multiple times That's over. That's true. She was soft selling these queens so hard. She was using different tactics. With Mo, it was like, I love you and I respect you and I want to be in the top with you and, and you're so amazing and I look up to you. And with Juju, it was like, I, I just, I don't, I, you know, maybe I'm not good enough. I don't know, you decide. You know, it was like she was appealing. I would never to, send you home. I would never yeah. send you home, but if you have to send me home, I guess it's okay. You know, like it was... I I think Baggett is as smart as Juju was saying, and I think yes. she was pulling the strings and playing the game. This was not like a genuine like heartbreak moment that they were talking about. But she was talking through tears. She's like, a she great was actress. Crying. She's a great She's a actress. great actress. You're right. She is a really I mean, we saw her Annie Wilkes, Mary. Yeah. We saw yeah. her 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 uh Tony Braxton. We saw her Tony Braxton, Mary. I saw her Tony Braxton. I uh, saw her doing Tony Braxton. Doing Tony Braxton. Yeah, I saw you Braxtoning over there. Braxton chips. But 
I <laughs> Braxton and Brexit for breakfast. Yeah, yeah. At, at in Belfast. Yeah, or what's that town that Jade's from? South Shields, Tyne and Wales. South Shield, Tyne and Wales, or whatever it's called. God. Tyne and Ware. Where? Tyne and Ware, right, because that's where the, the dishware comes from. Tyne and Ware. Because Tyne is like a fork Tyne. I think that's where I'm getting this from. Tyne is like a Tyne on a fork, and then Ware, like dishware. Corningware. Oh, you know? God. Um, no, Baga is very smart. I think Baga knows what she's doing here. And she's probably also feeling the emotions. Yeah, she. there is something in her that she's able to tap into of kind of feeling bad in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will was, say it, that... Oh, I say I will say I know that I knew that Juju was going to win once Mo told Blue that she was not sending her home. Mm. Like, because the tension was like, oh shit, is Blue now going to get sent home? You know, because you know she's played, you know, lived by the sword, died by the sword, and even even Juju is like, you know, well, you know, if I send Blue home, I make right by my girl Pangina, you know, and it's just mm-hmm. like, so the moment that Mo is like, oh well, I'm not going to send you home, I was like, okay, well then this all comes down to who does Juju pick. Right. Who does Juju pick? And the nuance of Juju putting the lipstick in her punani instead oh, of the titty. I'm so glad you caught that when she stuck her lipstick in her little panties. Yeah. She's going to put it in my little panties, you know? Let me just keep it here close, close to my little kitty and my panties. You panties. You're going to put the lipstick in my punani. Yeah. Let me just pop it in there. Yeah. Um, I loved this lip sync, this song. It's a Eurovision song. Shout out to Sister Mary Jeremy for letting me know. Um, Toy. And it's contested, Mary. There are plenty of people, drag queens, respected RuPaul drag race girls being like, no, don't worry about it. You won that lip sync. And I get it. But the rules of the game are to make RuPaul laugh. And when Juju B did the chicken wings, she won it. Lay chicken wings. Yeah. <laughs> she was doing... Because guess who won that challenge in season eight? Lay chicken wings. Lay chicken because wings. Because Rue is always dropping chicken nuggets. <laughs> Come on, Monique. Come on, Mo. If anybody knows about the chicken of Drag Race. Mo Hart was doing it fiercely. And Juju B was doing it funny. Yeah, I think Mo just needed to give Mo chicken and uh, Mo gizzards and less heart, you know? And oh, I, yes, Mo Gizzards. Mo mm-hmm. Gizzards. And that's a great drag name, Mo Gizzards. Hey, I'm Mo Gizzards. <laughs> Mo Gizzards. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but indeed, J- uh, Jujubee, this is Jujubee's second win ever, but it's the only time she won both the challenge and then the lip sync, because she didn't win the lip sync, I believe, on All Stars 5. Right, because she in season two, she had Black Velvet. Yeah, well, She uh, won yeah, that. I, but I guess that I'm wasn't thinking, the challenge. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. of like top two lip syncs, I guess, of like winning. Oh, I see. Yes, she never yes. won a normal challenge, like a n- normal season challenge. And she obviously won lip syncs there. But then in All-Stars 5 was her first challenge win. But then she didn't win against the lip sync assassin. So this is the first time that Juju B won the challenge and got to send a queen home. Yeah, it's interesting because I think of Monique or Mo, formerly known as Monique, uh, on season 10 is kind of being a messy lip syncer or even in all stars four was kind of like losing her wig. It, you know, just kind of a little messy. Whereas Juju B has good mouth and yes. I know has very good face. It's interesting. Cause this was like a dancey, fiercey song. 
And Juju found the comedy and did played to her strengths and took it. And I know that there must be some sort of like producer edit of why Juju B won because they could have made Mo- Monique win this. They didn't have to show us Juju B doing those little moments. They could have shown us uh, Monique doing her whatever moment she was doing at those points. So there is a reason why they wanted Janie's lipstick being pulled. I don't. I do not think that Monique pulled Janie Mo pulled Janie's lipstick. I hadn't even thought about it. Of like, I it, we know that she's not going to pull blues, and so it really would just come down to uh, Baga, Baga or Janie, Baga or Janie. And so, yeah, I guess she probably would have sent Baga home, and that would have made sense to me if you looked at the challenge. I mean, I feel like you know a perfect example of this, almost like a, a, a you know a show-don't-tell example of, of why Mo would pick Baga is when you go back to the choreography segment of the episode and Jujube suggests that they all do the much better arm as part of the choreography, and Mo is like, mm, no, I'm not, I'm not feeling that. And I just Ooh. felt to me that was like emblematic of like, no, I'm not feeling that drag, and I'm not feeling slowing it down for that drag, and I'm not feeling her winning. You know what I mean? Like, it just... It, <laughs> Like, it just felt like a telegraph of, like, Mo is not going to save Baga. And uh, I agree. I think sometimes Mo can can feel a little messy in some of the lip syncs we have seen on Drag Race. You know, the one example I can think of that I loved was her lip sync against uh, Latrice in All-Stars 4. Yes. I mean, yes. so that good. was wild. Yeah, that was a double save. But, um, yes. but yeah, I mean, I think— Not to say that she's a bad lip syncer. I hope people are It's just what we've me. seen. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think Juju B. Yes, as as uh, oh my god, I'm blanking on her name. I love her. What's her name? Rosie Janie? Perez. As Rosie oh, Perez, Rosie Perez infamously yes. said, she gives good mouth, and it's not precise. infamously, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she infamously sang infamously. Yeah. yeah, she famously did it. She iconically said it. She mm-hmm. canonically said it. And mm. uh, some people say infamously. Some people are very upset by it. You know, some people think that it is a thing of contention and something to be concerned about, and so they say it's infamous. You give good mouth. Yeah, and she did. She gave great mouth, and that's why I think once we get to, you know, next week, that's why I think Jujubee's got the leg up over Mo. Who is going to win the season? Prediction. Here we go. Uh, the winner takes it all. Let's see. Mary, You have we have a top four. Who's winning it? Well, uh, I think that it's going to be blue. I think that Blue. I think the idea of a UK queen winning mm. UK versus the world, I think that Blue has got a great like narrative. There, she's someone that even despite her decisions with Pangina, it feels good to root for her. She's likable. She's funny. She's talented. She I, she gets the joke. I feel like you know uh, they can make anybody sound good with RuPaul. They make they make RuPaul sound good with RuPaul. You know, so like they'll make Blue sound good with RuPaul. It's Blue Paul. You know what I mean? It's in the name. Blue Paul. I will be very surprised if one of the Americans win. I do think that it's going to be blue as well. I yeah. I, I, it would be weird if it was Baga and a, a total gag. And I don't think it would be good for press if Baga wins. Um, so I do think it's going to be blue. I think that the whole point here is that this is, you know, for a UK and us but mostly uk audience i don't know we'll see we'll We'll see see. but i do think it's blue 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's not Janie. Uh, Janie, I, I do want to just say that uh, Janie had a very joyful exit. It was a very mm. like, I think one of our Marys had commented earlier in the season about like Janie's kind of like her emotional intelligence, her EQ, you know, and like that there is this adult in the room energy with Janie and, and how she navigates conflicts and how she's like, yeah, I respect why you made that decision. I get that. And I felt like that really read in this exit where she's like, it's fine. Oh my God, you're fine. You're it's okay. Like she had such a good attitude about not winning a show where she'd have to sing a song with RuPaul and make no <laughs> money for it. And then she's still going to be in next week's episode anyway. So it's like Janie, Janie lost nothing, and she went out, in my opinion, looking great and had a nice exit. So I just wanted to comment that, like, Janie, uh, she left on such a good note. She did. She left on a good note. Uh, Jujube felt like Beyonce, and Monique just needed to go scream shit and pray. So, Well, do you think she did that before or after that little pose at the end? Mary? Oh, Mary. Okay. Mary. Okay. I know we're running a little long. We're not it's running a little long. It's an hour and 17. We're this fine. Is, this is our, yeah, this is our podcast. But Mary, I don't, I don't know if the sound was supposed to stay on during those little poses. You could it, hear, Like you yeah. heard the shaking of Baga's bracelets and you heard the, mm, the cat paws and then like kind of like this breathing of Monique, Mary, when Mo did, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I feel like it's the shh, brrr, kind yes. of funniness of the hand up and then, and I, I, I it was so it, weird. And it was like, she was starting to say love. And then like, uh-huh. like she started to say something and I was like, no, don't what's It was so uncomfortable. I just, I could watch <laughs> that over and over is Mo Hart. Doing that pose. I am going to teach myself that pose in my living room. That pose. Oh, God. It's it was so uncomfortable that it's wonderful. Like it's it wonderful. It's not terrible anymore. It's uncomfortable because the context of that moment, it was like what it felt like. I don't know. Kids Incorporated. Like it just felt really. Yeah. It was clunky, you know, mm-hmm. because they didn't mute the microphones. They needed to mute the microphones. It was so weird. It was so weird. Yeah, it kind of, it reminded me a little bit, and I don't know the context. Our Australian Marys will know what this is, but there's some kids show where all these kids introduce each other and there's like, hi, my name's Katrina and I'm Ben. And there's like, and and then there's one at the end that's supposed to be like iconic. I can't remember what it is. Australian Marys, I know. I'll look it up later. But that's what it felt like was like, oh, you're you're doing a, what are you, one of the kids on Zoom, you know? Mm. Oh God. Um, don't say zoom. Um, don't say zoom. I feel like the, the editing needed to just be tightened up so that when RuPaul was saying their names or announcing them, that that's when those movements started. Yeah. But instead yeah. it was RuPaul and then cut to the queen dead, dead time. RuPaul dead time. Yeah. They had to, they had to trim some things. It's kind of like when a queen enters the workroom in the first episode and you can see that she's just posing and it uh-huh. just starts to feel like like when she has to stop. She needs to go talk to the queen. She needs to go run over and say hello. This is weird now. And yeah, no, the Monique one was so fucking was funny. <laughs> rough, rough, rough. Well, but but Juju's was so charming too, in in a totally different way. You well, know? and there's also that like Juju also like made a joke of it, and then I feel like Mo is trying to like you know give ooh ah sensation, and it was a little more like ooh ah I mm. <laughs> you know? ooh ah stop that ooh, wasn't ah, the right sensation ooh, ah yeah ooh, ooh, ah, oof, ah, 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 the oof ah, sensation. 
It's like when I get out of the car. Oof. Oof. Do a little bit of a hoist. <laughs> or when I get into one, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oof. yeah. Uh, <laughs> trying to sink into a little two-door convertible. It's like, oof. Ah. Oof. Ah. Let me get this leg in. <laughs> yeah. <Oof>. Ah. <laughs> All right, Mary. Well, that is our semifinal discussion. Yeah. Um, the one kind of... Last thing I'll say, because I remember I mentioned it earlier, the UK reference that I got that I was so proud that I got is when RuPaul said, well, we're going to catch up with the Corey. I knew what they were talking about. I was I felt so proud of myself. Well, folks, if you have any questions, no, are you going to I have no idea. Are you going to tell us? Oh, they were talking about Coronation Street, Mary. Oh, I understand now because then they caught up on the Corey. Oh, that's yeah. clever on the Corey. All right. Uh-huh. Um, Corey. Uh, well, the last thing I'll say is just, of course, BSA of the week, which I've realized a lot of a lot of people have written in. What the fuck is BSA of the week? And so apologies. BSA of the week for anyone who's like, what are we talking about? Best supporting actress of the week. But it's basically like what's our favorite moment, favorite queen, favorite thing, favorite expression uh, of the episode. And so just to clarify there, you know, I, I realize we can't just assume. Uh, but my BSA of the week is finally Pangina Purse. Mmm, Pangina's purse. All right, Mary. Yeah, I, I have to, te- I tend to agree uh, with that. And there's something about Jade Thurwall's South Shields Tynan Ware accent, the eye, that sh- the uh-huh. eye that was like drooping during Janie's verse. That was just so funny to me. Um, but yeah, not, not no, a bad goal, you know. It's definitely the purse. It, yeah. I think that purse is. Uh, if that purse does not start, whether Pangina sells it or Juju sells it, or it's a collaborative effort and they both get. Mary, we're going to see profits. it on like spring fashion runway for sure. All right. Well, uh, I'll be watching. I saw you. I saw you with that Pangina purse. <laughs> Mary's, if you have any thoughts on this episode, you can reach out to us on Instagram at All Right Mary Pod, or you can email us at All Right Mary Podcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com or tasteofreality.com slash all right dash Mary. And if you want, you can follow me on Instagram at Johnny also. And of course, you can hear more of me on my other two podcasts in the details, a celebration of nuance or best supporting podcast, a celebration of best supporting actresses. And you can find more of me on Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And of course, you can get more of both of us, including Nuance, the All Right Mary after show, where we continue to queen out on all things UK versus the world, season 14, and so much more, as well as back episodes covering season three, season eight, Next Top Model, Project Runway, and so much more at patreon.com slash All Right Mary. All right, Mary. Well, I'm living my life like it's London. What's our last chance lip sync? Well, in honor of of our Dutch queen saying Dasans this week. Oh, can you imagine if she said Tutsins? Oh, can you imagine? I just want one of them. And I just I know that it's pronounced Tutsins, by the way, but it's too late. You know, it's Tutsins. Um, but in honor of of our Dutch queen leaving as the iconic if not infamous, Marilyn Monroe. This week's last chance with lip sync is Marilyn Monroe by Nicki Minaj. Uh, I love Nicki Minaj. I love a Nicki Minaj moment. Yeah, well, that's this is a Nicki Minaj, Marilyn Monroe moment. 
What's your impression of Marilyn Monroe? Uh, okay, let's see. Let's see if I can. Um, uh, hey, Mr. President. <laughs> or maybe it's more of like, hey, it's me, Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> I want you to fuck me in the white dress. <laughs> That's my Marilyn Monroe. Happy birthday, Mr. President. That's my Marilyn. <laughs> and <Inqu> <laughs> Well, folks, you let us know who's got the better Marilyn. Uh <laughs> you can say none of the above. That's an option. Yeah. No, please don't please don't tell us who's better because then it just makes the other person feel bad. And this I don't want you to feel bad about your Marilyn. <laughs> just your share. <laughs> hey! Uh, they kind of live on the same block. Yeah. All right, Marys. We'll see you next week. Tutsines! Wagon Wheel Watusi! Ha ha ha!